Denver Sports Station. 104. Your problem is we can't have nice things around here because of you. That's why they won't let you eat in the studio. You're making a mess all over the place, walking around with the biggest burrito ever, dropping it everywhere. We just got new carpet also. Now we're not going to be able to eat anywhere. Zach, thanks. Are the Broncos open to shopping one of their wide receivers to add more draft capital? You're the worst. You're really the worst. Zach, you're really really the worst. Like, literally, a trail of food out there from your burrito. This is why we, like, people like you stop us from doing things and having nice things. Like, can you not eat like a, how old are you, 34, 35? Can you not eat like an adult? And then you had it all over your face, too. I did. Surprised you don't have it. All, that's a nice Denver Nuggets sweatshirt, by the way. I'm surprised you don't have it all over that. <sighs> Seriously. What, what, what do you have to say for yourself? You got in trouble last week because you kept eating in here, and I called you out, and someone heard it. HR has a report now on you. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't if you catch you up to speed here. Richie was scolding him on the way in last week. So. Oh, my gosh. Are the Broncos opening open to shopping one of their wide receivers to add more draft capital? All right, who you got? I mean, we only have two guys that you can really choose from here. Right? And they are? Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton. I mean, that's the only two candidates. K.J. Hamler, you're getting nothing for, right? I mean, nothing. You might have to give up something to take him off your hands. I mean, he hasn't done anything in the NFL, really. And he can't stay healthy. So, uh, it's not him. Tim Patrick's coming off of an injury. It's not him. I don't even know who other receivers we have. So, it's 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 those two guys that that... that or at the top of the list. Those are the only ones with any sort of trade value. Well, it was Friday while we were on the air in our final hour. And it was brought to our attention uh, on Friday in that last hour. We just never got to it. We were just, we were goofing off, apparently. But Albert Breer of Sports Illustrated reported that Jerry Judy was, in fact, available for trade during the trade deadline this past season, but nobody was willing to meet the Broncos' asking price. So the Broncos were, in fact, shopping Jerry Judy. Okay. Uh, look, I, I think you're always shopping pretty much everybody on your team, especially when you're a bad football team. Why not? Right? Any kind of young talent that you have, that's that's what you're looking to turn and, and flip. You're giving up a lot of draft capital. So that doesn't surprise me at all. And if I'm Jerry Judy, I would take that as a compliment to a certain degree that, okay, I'm I'm the one piece that they think they can get value for, so they're shopping me. I wouldn't take it as an insult. Obviously, Jerry played really well down the stretch, though. He did. Kind of after that uh, time where he was, the trade deadline came and went. So I think it, the Broncos should always explore with some of their talent you always look to upgrade your, your roster and upgrade your draft capital if you can, if you feel like you're getting a good deal. And certainly a guy up until that point, you're talking about the trade deadline last year, was underachieving in a big way for being the 15th overall pick. So you're looking to see what you could get in return? What do you think they were looking for? Could not have been a first-rounder. Couldn't have been, right? 
Why? It, it just simply could not have been. Why? Because we have a we now it's not just a season. We kind of have a a, a a mini career to react to. Right. This was in the middle of year number three, so there's no way, shape, or form the Broncos could have been looking for a first pick for Jerry Judy. Like you can ask for whatever you want, I suppose, right. but under the umbrella of realism, with these 31 other general managers. That, it's a, it's a non, two and a three? non-starter of a conversation. Was it two and a three? Was it two threes? Was it a See, three and a four? At that point, it's not even worth it. It's not even worth it to me. I mean, you, you, you're, you, you're trying to get back to winning football games. You're trying to get back to being, you know, competent offense. He is one of your more talented players. Even at that time, he was underachieving to a certain degree. Why would you even even look for that for Jerry Judy, unless it's just a a mess behind the scenes? Right. What if it was a second round pick straight up? What would I do it or did like? Do you think the Broncos were looking for just that? Yeah. Like, like like. Do you think that was like fair framework for these phone calls that were taking place? Like, hey, we're we're looking for a second round pick, and that's what they couldn't come to an agreement on. Because a first-round pick, we kind of agree. That seems unreal, like an unrealistic But who knows? Ask. They just got a first-round pick for Bradley Chubb. God, we didn't think true. that was going to happen. That's true. A later first-round pick, maybe. But I, I just couldn't see them thinking they could pot, they could get that for Jerry Judy. Just I just can't. So I agree. Yeah, you're, you're probably right there. Um, so were no teams willing to give a second-round pick for Judy? Maybe it was two twos. Maybe it was a two, three, and a four. Next, you know, maybe they were just looking for 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 too much, or maybe it was a one next year, and a two this year, something like that. I'm just making stuff up. Yeah, Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Um, but look, he hadn't done much up until that point. Would you have given up a second round pick for Jerry Judy if you were a team that, and you're looking at his situation where you have to make a, a decision on the fifth year option this year. Right. So you might only have him for one more year. Gosh. Unless then you would have to commit, you know, I don't know, uh, about 17, 18 million bucks for that fifth year. So it's kind of a tricky situation. I, I could see a scenario where teams were, no, nah, I'm good. We're, we're good. We, we, we don't, we don't want to take that on right now with, it, with Jerry Judy. It would have had to have been the right team that thought they were like one receiver away for putting their offense over the top just randomly. I think a Green Bay who's sort of middling but had hopes on winning big this year and, you know, their receiver group wasn't as dynamic uh, as you would have hoped. Could it have been them? Could it have been a team like the New England Patriots, um, you know, looking for like a Jerry Judy? Because Albert Breer actually during the month of February or earlier this month actually, as we're still in the month of February, but about a week and a half ago was on the air in New England talking about the Patriots and Judy's name came up. Check this out. The one that like I think makes sense like is Jerry Judy if the Broncos make him available. And I thought there was a good chance of it. He actually was available in October and November. Just nobody was willing to give the Broncos what it would take to get him. But, you know, with Sean Payton there, I think they're probably a little bit more in win-now mode and in it for 2023. And so I don't know that they would give up one of Russell Wilson's weapons. Okay, um, that's just a candidate uh, in New England. Let me ask you this, though. If you were shopping him at the trade deadline and he played better down the stretch, in which he unequivocally did, it's the best season of his career, and the best half of his career was the second half of his third year, are you are you more inclined to keep him from what he showed you? Or would you be more inclined to try to revisit the table 
and his value only went up. I think I got to keep him now because I, I don't think you're going to get a nice return for Jerry Judy. He just hasn't done it consistently enough. No one's given up a first rounder for Jerry Judy. So what does it look like? I just think at this point, we're trying to, he's probably, he's a, he is our most dynamic wide receiver on the roster. For me, right? it's not close. The most speed, the the best route route running, um, you know, he that's who he is. And then he got hot at the end of the year. Do you want to just say bye to that? I mean, we, we're trying to be competent offensively. We're trying to get back to being a good offense. You want to keep those types of guys around, not let them go after you finally, hopefully, are going to see the fruits of two and a half years of not doing what we hoped. And then all of a sudden he started doing it. Now you're just going to get rid of it. I, I just... We're not in rebuild mode. If you're in rebuild mode, that's what you do. We're, we're trying to win this year, so I don't, I don't see that happening. It just doesn't make sense to let him go for peanuts on the you know pennies on the dollar. Okay, so say you're you have the mindset of hey, we want to keep this guy. What does it look like over the coming years? You pick up his fifth year option, right? He plays out this year. He comes back the next year. You're gonna have to pay him eventually. Yeah, I mean, well, now you're looking two years down the road. I mean, that's a long look here, right? I mean, that's we'll fair. see what that's it looks fair. like, that's right? Fair. That's fair. We'll see what it looks like. Uh, I think now, goodness, I mean. Is it too early to start thinking about that if you're Sean Payton and George Payton and, like, like the forecast of this team? Yeah, I, I think so. Okay. Because there's a lot to decide that, right? I mean, we have to see how he plays this year. If he plays great, then they're like, okay. You know, we, we need to start thinking about that at the end of the year. I mean, these guys, they really are you, – you take a long-term approach, but a couple years down the road, you can't predict what's going to happen. Injuries, uh, his play, we don't know if he's going to play at a high-line level and continue to build off what we saw last year or if it's going to be more of the same with Jerry Judy. The only thing you're thinking about with Jerry Judy right now is picking up that fifth-year option. Right, that's what you have to decide this off season. Yep, so that's the conversation you're having about Jerry Judy, and that's a big one. That's a big one. I'm, I've gone back and forth where it's like, no, 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 during the season. No, no, no. Then it's like, maybe, 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 maybe. Okay, Probably, yes. probably, Pro- probably. Right. Yeah. Yes, yes, okay. Uh, so it's it's a fluid situation, and you got to see exactly what that number is going to be. We're expecting to be around 17, 18 mm-hmm. million bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a big number, but you you put a lot into it, and he's one of your better players offensively, so – it's uh, I, I I mean that that's where you're at with Jerry. You're not thinking about after the fifth year what that looks like. You're kind of trying to figure out the now. To discuss this and more, it's James Merrillat uh, joining us here on a Tuesday. James, what do you make of the entire framework of this combo? Yeah, I I think there's no doubt you have to keep Jerry Judy. You give him the fifth-year option, you see what you have in the two years, um, you figure out where you're at with Russell Wilson, and then you make the long-term decision down the road. But you know, the thought of trading him, unless somebody's going to give you multiple picks, which nobody's going to, but unless somebody's going to give you multiple picks, it just doesn't make any sense to me because you're not going to be able to replace him, you know, with a with a second-round pick or a third-round pick or whatever you may get for him. Who's going to be that guy on your offense? Because I think you can make a pretty good case, fellas, that he's the best offensive player the Broncos have. I mean, who's ahead of him? Javante's hurt. Tim Patrick's hurt. Cortland isn't the same guy. Russ nobody's going to put above him. He's your best offensive player, and you were the worst offense in the league for 
the lion's share of the season, I don't know how you can trade away your best offensive player and, and think you're going to have any sort of success on that side of the ball in 2023. Let me just throw this out there to you guys, James Stoke. Like, is there any part of you, and Stoke, we'll start with you, is there any part of you that is a little bit, um, uh, what's the right word, like apprehensive or cautious of how actually Jerry Judy responds to this actual news, that this team was trying to trade him? Judy, we saw him in camp when he wasn't one of the starting wide receivers at the start of it. His body language was awful. He's shown some immaturity signs through even just the two and a half years, whether it's you know ESPN New York having to end an interview with him because he doesn't sound like he's all there. Uh, they're tweeting about his offensive coordinator, Pat Shermer, at the time. You know, kind of you know getting arrested, having to spend a night in jail. My conditioning tweet, you know. Flipping out and bumping a ref and getting a massive fine, which he probably could have got suspended. Telling Shannon Sharp his breath smells like ass on Twitter. Um, you know, flipping out on the sideline to Melvin Gordon. Like, we've seen, like, more than a, a couple signs of immaturity. Stoke, is there any party that's like, huh, how's Jerry Judy going to react to the news that the team that he plays for was trying to shop him? Of course. Of course. How could it not be? I mean, how could you look at it and say that not, might not be an issue with uh, Jerry Judy? I think... You have to be real with yourself and say, okay, I, I kind of understand why. And this was, and then I got hot, and then he started playing his best football after the trade deadline. So um, up until that point, he wasn't doing enough. And, and you're going to look at all avenues, and you know, I, I think 99% of the players on every roster are probably tradable. And guys are looking, and, and organizations and GMs are looking to see what they could get for these types of guys. Yep. I mean, that's just the way it is. And if you get, it, if you feel like you're getting a great deal, then you make a move. Um, but just if you're, just because you're exploring and going down this road doesn't mean that it's close or they want to do it and all these different things. It means you're just doing your homework and you're doing what's best for the organization. But, yes, that is a concern, absolutely, that Jerry might get a little sensitive about being shopped. Yeah, I think, though, we can learn a little something from the Bones Highland situation. Like, just be up front and communicate with the young player. And I don't know that, you know, with Vic Fangio. Wait, 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 James, sorry to cut you off, though, but, like, so do you want the Broncos to tell Jerry Judy, it, like, hey, Jerry, we're, 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 we're shopping you? I mean, is that what you – is that kind of what you're saying? Time. Not at the time, but if he's upset about it now, I think Jerry Judy needs to have somebody put his arm around him and say, hey, you're our number one weapon. You're our guy. And nobody has done that with him since he's been here. It was. A, Does he deserve that, James? Yeah, he's no. the best offensive player on so the team. That, so that, that, that doesn't mean that you deserve someone putting your arm yes. around you. Yeah, look, look, look at you. Look the at dead you. last offense in the I mean, league. Yeah, let's put our it's arm Fangio around him and Sherbert. tell him how much we love him. And, and no, come on, James. It's Vic Fangio and Arm slices for everyone, Maryland. Old school. And last year was just a total debacle. Um, they, they'll have a new receivers coach this year, so we'll see if that'll, that'll help because certainly um, it was a position that I didn't think they got the most out of in, in recent years. Yeah, I think at some point you got to stop being – all we do is kick people in the – in the behind, and once in a while, put your arm around somebody and say, you're our guy. You go out there and be the number one guy. We think you can be Justin Jefferson. We think you can put up those kind of numbers. That's why we drafted you ahead of him. What would be wrong with that approach? What would be wrong with a little bit of encouragement as opposed to just well, look. staff after staff here that just tears people down? How do you know they've been tearing him down? What are you uh, talking about, James? I'm sure they put now. their arms around him plenty of times. I mean, sure, Hackett had a permanent yes, arm around him. I mean, Hackett was giving out hugs, James. Uh, come on. I mean, of all people taking this stance. Did he have anything positive to say? All people. 
All people taking the stance, James. Like that was years ago. I mean, come on. I mean, it wasn't like we, years we, ago. Yes, yes. And we, look how much better he played under Hackett. Look, he, once he was healthy, he had his best season. So there, there you go. That makes my point that certain people, and we may not be wired that way, and we may not have grown up in in an era where people were wired that way. Uh, but it's it's just the way of the world in 2023. Not everything can be my way or the highway. Not everything can be uh, old school, tough love, all those kind of things. Certain people, certain players, it's your job as a coach to figure out what buttons do I need to push with that guy. And some guys, it's, hey, you, you rip into them and they want to prove you wrong. And some guys, when you do that, yeah. all it does is but, make Oh, no, but do we have actual evidence that – James. Do, do, do we have and, and we can move on from this after this uh, because no, I want to ask. No, no, I got more to say. But no, <laughs> do we have actual say. evidence that Ju- off the hook here. do we have actual evidence that we're drawing from that Jerry Judy has been like handled this way that you're kind of like framing? Well, I mean, again, I'm going back to what the previous coaching staff was, and then when you go into the the Hackett staff was just a total debacle. We don't have any evidence that he that he was. Dude, Jerry Judy was babied. I mean, oh, come he on, he, they never benched him for anything. They could have benched him for a bunch Why of different things. So I guarantee you. Huh? Why did it take Cortland Sutton getting hurt for them to move him to the X? Why did they move him out of that once Cortland Sutton came back? Cortland Sutton hasn't been able to, to. Why are you talking about Cortland? We're talking about Jerry. We're talking about Jerry. But why was Jerry Judy not the number one guy at the start of the season? We all were at camp. Because both, he was the, both of the last two years. Cortland Sutton my guess, a, my uh, guess, why he wasn't the number one uh, uh, wide receiver because he looked nothing like a number one wide receiver and led the league in drop rate and was vastly underwhelming over his first two he, years, he combining looked, for three total touchdowns. That'd be my like response. Pretty good. Both one. of the last two years. Yeah, I don't know like about this year. No, 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 no. Now you're putting one year into the next no. year, James. Yes, you're combining he the years. Uh, he, was, he was the best player. He on was the not. He did not look fantastic. He looked okay. They didn't even practice hardly. I mean, it was like. Walkthroughs. Oh, he jogged throughs. He's looking so great. I mean, come okay, on. Well, go to James. the year before when well, they did have practice. He yes. was the best player every single day. We would all debate <sighs> who was day. better, uh, Teddy on, or Drew. Jerry. And then the one name that always came up every single day was, hey, Jerry Judy looked great again, right? Going up against Pat Sertan every single day. If it's me and I'm the coach, I'm going to go to that guy and say, hey, we're counting on you. You're our best offensive player. We're going to come to you all the time, and you're our number one option. And he just wasn't. And he this past year, he's playing with a quarterback that once you get beyond his number one option, it, it starts to fall apart. So why is he forcing the ball to Cortland Sutton in the end zone on fourth and one at the six-yard line against the Colts? Because that's the number one option. So if, if that's how Russell Wilson functions – I would have made my best player the number one option. It's a it's a a fault of the coaching staff. Well, James, okay, we're gonna put this to rest, and I'm gonna put it to rest right here for you. Um, he didn't earn the right to be the number one guy. He was so inconsistent that he never earned that right. And at the end of the year, he finally got hot. Thank goodness, and was a lot more consistent. So it's gonna be fun and, and interesting to see it, how how it how it. Um, plays out this past year and anyway it doesn't matter who the number one wide receiver is they don't run around with halos on top of their head or diet what do they call those things zach the little um things that just kind of that aren't real and just kind of run them i just just went with halo halo they they don't have a number one or number two it doesn't matter you know quarterbacks don't throw it to the guy that's open and uh, where the play is designed to go. I, so we'll see, James. How about this coordinators? How about the coordinators? What do you think is going on there? Is it going to be Rex Ryan? Is it going to be Vance? Any I concern? Rex Ryan. And look, the VJ thing, the fact that he was the head coach here and that was a mess, yeah, that, that's a little bit awkward. That's kind of like going on vacation with your ex. It's just like, what are we doing here? But 
he's not even on the podium for the worst head coaches in Broncos history. The last two have been worse, so I think time has healed some of those wounds. I'm more concerned about his resume. His defense has been average at best, and he's had a couple of years where it was just flat-out awful, including this past season when they were 31st in points allowed. Rex Ryan, on the other hand, his first 10 years as a D.C. and as a head coach, 9 out of 10 years in the top 10, the only year he wasn't, it was 11th. Uh, give me that guy all day long, and I also think that just allows Sean Payton to say, "Rex, you go run the you go run the defense. You're basically the head coach of the defense. You just go run it. I got to fix this mess over here, starting with Russell Wilson, starting with Jerry Judy, and go from there." Uh, next for Draymond Jones, uh, the window for franchise tags opens today, February twenty first. Cliss is uh, reporting, or he's not really reporting; he's kind of speculating that. Um, they're going to wait. They're going to wait down to the deadline. And me and Stokely were talking about it before. If you're Draymond, and there's not another game to be played. Why wouldn't you want to hit free agency? Yeah. So it, it feels like um, a big money deal is coming for Draymond Jones, whether it's from the Broncos or, or, or um, one of the other 31 teams. What do you think? Yeah, no doubt. And look, he's uh, one of the two or three best players on that side of the ball. It's Justin Simmons, Pat Sertan, and, and Draymond Jones. I think it's crucial. And here's the other thing, and everybody told me this when they traded Bradley Chubb, and it was, well, you got to say you got to free up that money for Draymond Jones. Okay, well, when's it happening, right? Because I heard this back in the day when oh, you got to save money for the Thomases, and they only signed DT, they didn't resign Julius. That we there's this certain contingent that continue to explain away the Broncos trading away good players and freeing up cap space and saying it's going to go toward player X, Y, or Z. And then when that doesn't happen, nobody goes, what the heck happened to that plan? So to me, you traded away Bradley Chubb. Part of it was, hey, you're going to have the money to to re-sign Draymond Jones. You better go re-sign Draymond Jones. Uh, James, any hesitation there with Draymond that, you know, once he's going to hit free agency probably – that the, the number just gets too much. You don't view him as a special player, and other teams that uh, have needs at that position will overpay for him, or are you just like all in, open checkbook, whatever Draymond wants uh, is good with you? Well, it's not an open checkbook, but I do think, look, if other teams are willing to pay him that, that's his value, and his value is whatever he's able to, to garner on the open market, and unless you have a replacement for him, uh, then I, in my mind, you better re-sign him. And I do think he's a cornerstone of that defense. I think if if you start looking at that defensive line with him and D.J. Jones up front, um, you know, if Randy Gregory's healthy on the outside, that's a big if. If Baron Browning develops. But, like, what are the known commodities? And there's really four. It's Justin Simmons, Pat Sertan, Draymond Jones, and D.J. Jones. That's it. So if you're going to lose one of your four core guys because somebody else is willing to give him more money, all right, well, that tells me you're operating on the cheap. I mean, are you competing with everybody and willing to pay fair market value for the guys you drafted and developed, which is what uh, George Payton told us he wanted to do, or are you going to uh, try and cut corners and cut costs? To me, I think it'll be inexcusable if they don't re-sign Draymond Jones. So back to my question. So it's an open checkbook from James Merrillette. That's basically what you're saying. That's whatever what you're saying. Whatever else is going to give him, I'll give him a dollar more. Yeah. Okay, so that's what you're saying. Open yep. checkbook, and, whatever and, it takes. And, and, and this is kind of like in James. I know we're kind of yeah, having fun with you. He's not an all-pro. But, 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 <laughs> but you also wanted to give Bradley Chubb $100 million. If you uh, were back at that same juncture as you were or, earlier this season, would you have done the deal that Miami did for Chubb? Yeah, look at the results. The Broncos' defense fell apart without him. The guys, the other guys on that defense, including Draymond Jones, weren't as good without him. And what did they go? Two and seven after that trade? 
I mean, oh, it's because of Chubb. Hey, that we lost games. We lost a lot of games before that. Also, the one thing that changed, they won at the bye. Right How did they do the year before when Bradley Chubb started? Was was around for the whole year? I mean, you know, maybe everybody (laughs) else had fun rooting for cap space. Go buy yourself a jersey with zero zero on the back and cap space at the top. That's a lot of fun. (laughs) James Merrill at DenverSports.com. It's always fun to go back and forth. Uh, we will check in with you um, this time next week. All right. Thanks, they, James. They need to attract people with honey, not with vinegar. That's my Jerry Judy message. There you go. With honey and not vinegar. You catch more so, flies. Yeah, so what's one's Jerry? So, but hold on, hold on, James. Hold on. Yeah. As, as we're letting you go here, <laughs> and I was not going to go here because this has been in my back pocket, but you're, you're shoehorning in more Jerry Judy stuff on the heels of saying that you want Bradley Chubb for $100 bucks. You did take a picture of a couple that was wearing a Judy and a Chubb jersey, and you said, look at the all-underperforming couple. Uh-oh. The James. week that the trade happened, hey, and now James. you still want Chubb wow. for $100 million and Jerry Judy. Sometimes it's the greatest so. thing since sliced bread. Sometimes Goodness the joke gracious. is so good, you got to go with it. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. But there's All truth right. in every joke. All right, James. Thanks, James. <laughs> DenverSports.com. Uh, James Merrillat, a blast to go back and forth with. Okay. never Did, thought he would be like... Like, you know, I mean, just underachieving, and now he wants to get the took world a picture. To. It was a guy and a girl in London uh, that had a chub and a Jerry Tooney, and he said, look, it's the most underachieving couple of all time. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Did Denver's biggest sports star get disrespected over the weekend by his own peers? That's next. Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan presents Stokely and Zach. I'm, I'm literally workshopping from zero something that I'm not super familiar with in a commercial break. Okay, I'm sorry. And it's our Maybe leading content. Okay, I was too harsh. Okay. I was too harsh. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Throwing out an My idea. Apology. My apology. Um, would you like to reset what we were talking about? Yeah, we're talking about because we've been watching the golf thing. I, have you have you started watching it? Yet? I haven't. It's on my. You, yeah, it's on you, my list. You should do that. It's really good. I, I'm through like four or five episodes. It's on really Netflix, good. Right? Yes. Uh, golf. Wait. Full swing. Full swing. So it's kind of like one of the Formula One shows. It's like the life of yes. the golfers, right? Yes. And it's really cool if you like golf, even if you don't like golf. I, I think you would you would really enjoy it, especially with the live stuff that was going down last year. And you're kind of taking it behind the scenes a little bit. Oh, and, of that? Of the live stuff? Yeah. Because yeah. some of the guys that they're interviewing end up leaving to go on the live mm. tour. And so obviously, obviously that's a big deal. Uh and it's we were just talking about how bad of a model the live is because you know you paid Phil Mickelson just to come over there anywhere between one hundred fifty and two hundred million dollars right just to just to go to that tour yep but Phil's a no one really anymore he's not moving the needle for anyone anymore he, he he's past his prime and he's going to continue to go that way he can't even make cuts anymore he, he's awful so. Um, what they ended up doing, they got a bunch, for the most part, a bunch of older guys 
that were past their prime and paid them a lot of money. Now, you did get a guy like Cam Smith, who's a young, upcoming number two in the world guy from Australia, but that guy's not moving the needle over here. Right. He's not. And so, like, you had got, you needed to get like eight, nine guys um, in the top 10 to be able to move the needle, really. And now they're just paying guys that no one here has really heard of unless you're really a, a golf fan. And it's not going to move the needle. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how long they can sustain what they're doing. So, so and again, I don't, this is not my world. What is Liv's goal? Like, what's Liv's ultimate goal? I wish I knew. I think they want to be a, like the PGA Tour. And they they don't want, you know, PGA Tour suspended all those guys that went to the live. Mm-hmm. But I think they just want to coexist with the PGA Tour. They can have their six, seven, eight events, and the PGA Tour can have, you know, all their events that they do, and the, and the players can go back and forth, which I think is ridiculous. It's like... I can't play in the NFL in the, you know, XFL or whatever the or something, you know what I'm saying, sure, uh, sure. something like that. You, you just you can't do two competing tours or two competing companies. You can't do that. That's the way I view it. I, I don't know. I think in the end, the live is going to flame out. They don't have a TV contract. They just got one. I think they're paying. It's like CMT. Whatever that whatever that network is. Um, yeah, I saw something so like that. They're not making anything. They're but saying they, they were on YouTube. Right. They're saying they, oh, they, their model is to make money. You know, it's not just, it's Saudi backed. Yeah. Billions of dollars. Right. In this Saudi fund. I mean, right. it's like you're talking about, look at Google, like, yeah, um, you know, you're nothing. So you're talking about billions and billions and billions of dollars at their disposal to do whatever they want with it. So they really have unlimited resources, yeah. really. And so it's going to be interesting to see how much they continue to pour into it. My idea, and by the way, Google stock last week down $100 billion, Microsoft stock up $100 billion. Oh, wow. One's going way up, one's going way down. Why? Why? I don't know. You tell me. It's a really good question. Why? Yeah. Microsoft had a better debut of their artificial intelligence stuff. Oh. Oh, there we go. Goes there back to go. last week. Just take mm-hmm. heed. So, but going, so, so, oh, are you real? So I threw. Is this real, Zach? <laughs> a little bit off today. I don't know. If uh, you might see a g- 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 glitch. <laughs> um, my, my just to put a bow on this live stuff. Uh-huh. My thought was, you are never going to be the PGA Tour. You're not. You're no, no nowhere in that stratosphere. Would have been a better model to try to generate money is to not have a whole field of golfers and pay Bryson DeChambeau and Charles Howell or these guys and just try to identify the eight biggest golf stars in the world. Right. Instead of spread the money, pay just just eight and eight guys, and you guys are kind of like rock stars. We're coming to a town near you. You're going to watch these guys golf. It has nothing to do with World Points. It's got nothing to do with the PGA Tour. We're not competing. It's our own unique model, and we're going to get – uh, just the eight biggest stars right. that we can, and we're going to pay them all what we're paying Phil. Yeah, I got you. Um, these guys want golf, world golf points, right? They want that because that's how they play. They, they want to play in the major still. Right. Like even the live guys, they still want to play in the major. That's a big, big deal. And most of those guys still want to play on the tour. They want to be able to go back and forth, right? So I, I think guys, if you do just like eight guys, now there's no chance right. they can get world right. ranking points where – the live is fighting that in court right now because they want to be able to get world ranking points. They're not able to right now, but they're fighting that. And so that's going to be a big deal 
because they want to be able to qualify for certain events and certain majors, and uh, they can't do that right now because all those guys are free-falling free falling out of the top 50, top 100 because they're not been able to get those points in the past um, year or so. So, and then and then when you look at um, you know only paying eight guys, I don't want to just watch eight guys compete against each other. For me, it's the cool stories when. You know that that guy, that the fiftieth ranked guy in the world, came sure, out of nowhere. Sure. And now you see him, John Rahm and Max Homa in the last yeah, group, yeah, yeah. right? Like we saw at Riviera with Keith Mitchell in there, and you know he was fighting and clawing. So I think, like, I, I think I, of Rocco Media. Remember him and Tiger in that one? It's like yeah. I never heard of that guy before that right. day. So to your point, yeah, exactly. So it's, I mean, that for me, I'm not gonna. I wouldn't just tune in to watch, uh, you know. Eight guys go at it. That's not real golf. You got to go four rounds, and live is only three rounds, and so that's part of the the whole issue too. With no cut, I like you, you got to have a cut. Something's got to be on the line, right? You got to have some pressure, right? And you take that away, it's not real golf. You're free rolling. You just got a hundred million dollars signing bonus, and there are no cuts. To me, that's that's not real golf. There's no pressure on those guys. Is that thing in court going to be tied up for years to come? Probably they live just took a hit um, last week actually uh, with one of the rulings that came out that they if they continue with the lawsuit here in the United States they will be able to depose some of the Saudis oh and those guys don't want to be deposed and and all of a sudden you get to look at all their records all this stuff so I think here in the states that thing unless it gets overturned yeah because they're appealing it and if it doesn't get overturned that lawsuit will probably stop because they don't want their books being opened up. Right. And them guys being deposed. Mm. Very interesting. Yeah. To total total tangent here, but it's yeah. a, it was interesting enough that it was like we were talking about it during the break, and I just don't know what the heck is next with this whole thing. Yeah. I feel like we've been talking PG- about it for a year and a half. No, you're right. You're right. The PJ Tour has kind of stabilized, though, because it was kind of free-falling. You know, no one knew what was going on. You know, is, 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 is Rory going to go? Is Jordan going to go? Justin, like some of those bigger names. Uh, more Cowie and Xander Shoffley and Scotty Scheffler, Rom, are they going to go? Because if they went, now it's over, right? Right. But they stayed and they solidified. And you know, a few guys left. It's all good. And now the PGA, I think, is PGA Tour stronger now than what it was a year and a half ago. It's stronger. Very now. interesting. And, and just to put a ball, didn't they up the purses a little bit? Yes, they they have certain. So it actually worked for the players' benefits. So certain tournaments, I think it's twenty tournaments. A big uptick in in the purses that the players will be receiving. Um, so that's a good thing. Okay. All right. Uh, good conversation. Uh, didn't go where we wanted to go, but we will hear. Did Denver's biggest sports star get disrespected over the weekend by his own peers? That's coming up next. You're listening to Stokely and Zach on Denver Sports Station, 1043 The Fan. Did Denver's biggest sports star get disrespected over the weekend? Is Jokic the biggest star in Denver sports? Yeah, I think so. I mean, two time MVP. About to be three time mm-hmm. on a team that's been very successful over the last half decade, and is the um, number one seed in the West right now. He's he's been historic, not just good, yep. not just great. He's been stinking historic, right? So I say uh, yes. And when you think a star, a star is an individualistic label. It's not like just about team success. 
because we uh, let me throw out this name Nathan McKinnon, the best player on a team that won a championship. But Nathan McKinnon, as an individual, uh, I don't think you could say is exactly side by side, just a tick behind with Jokic. Down on McKinnon. Stop. Well, you're down on Nathan. Stop. Wow. He he hasn't, uh, from an individualistic standpoint, winning the MVP is just rarefied territory, but you win it for a second consecutive year, your odds on favor to win it for a third consecutive year, I think reasonable minds could disagree on it. You want to tell me McKinnon's the biggest star in town? Fine. Um, but I don't know Look, if I could hear anybody no, else, actually. You, you, it, it's just one. I mean, Jokic's at the top of the mountain. Like, you, reasonable minds can't disagree. They just can't on no, this. being the no. best player on a title team doesn't that, get you into the conversation. Yes, I mean, you're, you're but, like, so far removed from Jokic. I mean, that's just the way it is. I mean, Jokic right now, he's done historic things. No one else has done historic things like that. He's about to be three-time MVP on a really good team. MV3. Yeah, it's just, look, I, I just don't think there's really a conversation to be had. I, I get it. McKenna's great. They won a championship last year. But Jokic is on just another planet here, folks. That's I mean I don't know I don't know that's that's the way I view it. But if you if you no, no, tell me I'm wrong, <laughs> no I okay. won't because that that's how I feel. You know that's why the okay. tease is the tease. I, but but I want to give room for. I just don't see being where the best player on a title team that that's that's a big stinking deal. Oh, it know? is. It is. Um, I think some people look at it and say it's not Macar. I was just going to say, is McKinnon... Uh, right, so is, now we're having McKinnon that conversation to, almost now, so it's hard to... Right. That's what I would say. McCarr, by the way, back in concussion protocol. Back God in it? almighty, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the abs, what about... A, that was a big win. Is, is there, like, win is there like an all-star game in the middle of the week, Drew, that I don't know about, that where the abs don't play until Friday? That's 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 different. One of the dumbest schedules I've ever seen with the abs have been dealing with, dealing with in February. It's ridiculous. I mean, the back-to-backs... And then all of a sudden, but then got, in March, don't they aren't they squeezing like forty games in thirty days? Oh yeah, they're basically playing almost every other night in March. I mean, what it's double just, headers? Just, wow, it's just morning game, afternoon. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. We got to get them in. Got to get them in. Goodness. So what happened? Tell me. Tell me what happened. Explain it to the people. What happened with Jokic? So uh, they're they're doing the um, almost like playground format, picking the teams. They used to do it on a split screen, do a TV product, and they picked one at a time. This time around, very unscientific. Like, and you could tell it was kind of a raw process. And we found out early because Giannis was like picking members of the starting group and didn't quite know the rules. It's like, no, you all can only pick from the reserves first. So you have Giannis and LeBron picking their teams, almost like you're like picking for dodgeball in like third right. grade. Like, you know, give me, give me Stokely, you know, give me Zach. And then there's like the last two are like Jake Shapiro and DMAC, right? So it's like, it's like, <laughs> it's kind of like that. Wow! So, <laughs> I was thinking more like D Mac and Mike Evans. Why you? Jake's our guy, dude. Of that, course, that was he's our guy. Low. It doesn't sound like it when you throw him in there with D Mac picking last. I'm just teasing. Oh, no, you're not. Mike's you a are not just athlete. teasing. So put some respect you on Mike. Not, you are not just teasing. And he's not a sneaky athlete. He is. There's no sneaky about Mike. There's no sneaky. Hey. <laughs> But I, I can't believe that uh, you're down on Jake and, and D-Mac like that, though. No, I can do that because we You're not love joking. Him. No, no, you're we, not joking. You can joking. do that because we love him. Right. So anyway, um, they're picking through the reserves, okay? Now it's time to pick the start, the okay. pick from the starting groups, okay? And there they go through, and Jokic and one other guy are the last two players not picked. 
Jokic, and was it Lori Markin was the other one? I think it is, right? So oh, Yo- Jokic, Jokic just straight up walks over to LeBron's team. Like, like he didn't get picked. He walked right over to LeBron as a sign of like, yo, I'm not getting picked last. I'm, I'm with you. Like, that's how it happened. All right? Now LeBron goes, and you already know who I'm going to pick. Nikola Jokic. And I'm rolling my eyes going, oh, my God, you didn't even say his name right. Yeah. And, then he, and then he jumps right back on the mic. He's like, the Joker, to try, you know, like, right. just to make sure you, I know who I'm talking about. But it was kind of a weird moment, man. It was kind yeah. of a weird moment. Uh, getting picked, you know, second to last, whatever, because you're doing the reserves first because they don't want the reserves, you know, whoever's picked last there. It's like, just pick the team, right? Just pick them. Anyway, I don't think it's disrespect that he was picked second to last. I think you look at him going into the thing, he's like, I want to score two points and then come out of the game. So he doesn't even want to play in this game. He doesn't care about this game. He doesn't care go, to go out there and try to win all-star game MVP. No. So if you're looking to draft your team and you're trying to win, you don't want that type of guy on your team, right? You want another guy that's like all in, right? That would be my view of it. So for me, no. It's not um, disrespectful that the way that it, it went down. It is what it is. I really don't care. He's a he's a great basketball player that we have here and we get to watch, and, and that's all that really matters. It's an all-star game that's just stupid to begin with. And so that it doesn't it's, – to me, it's not disrespectful. Did, did you take it as being disrespectful? I, I, I do think there's an element of it. I think there's an element of, like, the boys' club that Jokic just isn't a part of. So many of these guys have real like relationships. Why is he not a part of it? Because he doesn't want to be and doesn't try. Like he doesn't he doesn't try at all. And we, we sort of had some fun with um wasn't a random from was, another country. Yeah, that doesn't help. I mean, because you see him with like Doncic mm-hmm, and, and some mm-hmm. of the the guys that are, are are you know from Europe and foreigners. Do you have licorice in your mouth live on the radio? Why would I do that? Of course I don't. No. Jokic is not a part of the NBA boys club fraternity, whatever you would want to say. That he's, was good licorice. He's, he's, he's just not. I don't think he wants to be a part of it. And he said, yeah, he said after the game, I wouldn't pick, I'd pick me last two if the, in this all-star game. And I got it. I think he should take it as disrespect, though. I think he, I, I think he should. Because this type of stuff right happens Look. all too often for uh, Jokic, and I think that he should have – I want – you know what I want? I want an FU approach from Jokic. I do. Because well, there's – Like during the game? So no, I mean, that's no, the no, only way no, that no. he's going to be picked higher is if he takes that type of approach during the game and he's not best friends and he's not – you know, didn't go on – you know, he didn't recruit LeBron to L.A. and he, they didn't form this super team. He's just Jokic. I'm not talking about the All-Star game. Okay. I'm talking about like when we pick back up here and it's basketball for real, which Jokic does care about. If the result of the game doesn't matter, Jokic is not going to care. Right. The result of the game doesn't matter. I mean, it's a complete joke. You know, you know how I, uh, a phrase on the Mile High Hoops podcast uh, recorded this morning. Do, is that posted, Drew, or is it, uh, it, it will be this afternoon? Jokic is the anti-NBA superstar. He said he's not posting until tomorrow because you gave him that loser this week and was hurt a three-point <laughs> champion. That's supposed to be his birthday present. <laughs> I did text him, happy birthday, I have a present for you, Kevin yeah. Herter, plus 550, with a gift emoji. Yeah. Um, that was funny, <laughs> until I bet it. <laughs> it wasn't. Uh, Herter put up eight. Um, Jokic is the anti-NBA superstar. He's not flossing with the jewelry. 
He doesn't treat his entrance into the arena as, as the Met Gala runway. He is Gala. He is not on social media. He gets out of this country as soon as the final clock hits zeros of his last game. He just he is the anti NBA superstar, and the All Star game is NBA superstar platform on steroids. It's just it's, it's a bad mix. Stoke, I'd be okay if I never saw Jokic involved with another NBA All Star game again. Yeah, ever. It's um, look, I think he. Yeah. I don't know if he could play with more of a chip on his shoulder or play better or play harder than what we've seen from him. He just goes out there and does it. You know, that's just who he is. So I don't. I really don't think he cares about the All-Star game and what goes on. He's not a part of the buddy-buddy club there, and that's obviously one of the reasons why he gets picked, um, why he got picked towards the end. And um, I don't think it bothers him at all, uh, should it? Um, I really don't care because you know he's going to come out on a mission regardless here in Denver, and it's an all-star game. And when you're not part of the in-group, he's not part of the in-crowd, right? right. He, he's got his group, and and so and he's uh, that, that, those types of things happen. And also, to be fair to the captains, Jokic ain't going in this scene trying to win it. He ain't going in this scene trying to win MVP, so it's not, like, important to him. You probably are, like, if you're LeBron and Giannis, like, you want to get a W, right? I mean, don't you think? Sure. Deep down, if you're a competitor. Sure. So you you want to go for guys that you think are going to lay it out there a little bit and they care. Re- really quick, you know who posted on social media during the All-Star game? Jamal Murray. You know where he was? Where? In the gym. Alone. Getting work in. Posted during like, the did, game. He did the Russell. That he was, did the Russell. That was pretty purposeful. That was pretty purposeful. I'm expecting him to play on Thursday. Um, and here we go. 23 games left. 23-game sprint to the playoffs. I mean, that is going to be here before you know it. So we're obviously... Need him to play. I mean, miss, what, the last five games, I believe, something like that. Need him to it, It'll to be play. like, th- uh, I think, over three weeks between games. So... And he was playing well. He was playing really well. He so. was crossing through that consistency hurdle that he had struggled with in years past. So hopefully we see that same uh, version of him uh, this Thursday in Cleveland against a really good Cavs team uh, on Thursday evening. Okay. Is this the year the Broncos finally get improvement in an area that has been confusingly bad for years now? Hang tight. It's next.